want us to do this. You don't have to hold someone's hand or touch anybody you don't know, but I want us to just join together. So if you know the person next to you, can you put your hand on their shoulder or grab their hand? I just want to agree. You know, in the natural realm, you would never let someone else have your inheritance. If it was yours, you'd be like, uh-uh, I'm getting every lawyer on planet Earth and I'm taking what is mine. If it was yours. In the kingdom of God, every single thing, every promise in the Bible is yours. If you want it. The Bible says, I'm going to read this verse and then we're going to pray together. It says, from the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, the realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth. It's bursting forth. When John showed up on the scene, it started to burst forth. He said, the kingdom of God is here and it's coming. And then it says, and passionate or violent people will take it. You know why you don't have everything that's in the kingdom? It isn't Jesus. It's not Jesus holding back, dangling in front of you, going like a carrot. Violent, passionate people take it. It is your inheritance. Confusion has to go. Anxiety has to go. Sickness has to go. Am I preaching to the choir? I know I am. It has to go. We're agreeing this morning. Anything. The hurts from your past have to go. Addiction has to go. If you don't want to agree, that's fine. But passionate people will take the kingdom. Do we have passionate people here? If you got no problems, the person next to you got enough. Okay, let's pray for them. So God, let's just lift them up to you right now. If you got something, you bring it before the Lord. The Father knows, He cares, and He wants you to have what is yours. So God, we lift up these things right now. And God, we declare, we are passionate people. We're passionate people, Lord. And we just declare everything in the kingdom. Everything in the kingdom shall be ours. We are your sons and daughters. We don't have to work for it. We don't have to fight for it, God. It is ours. We're passionate. Lord, we just declare healing over the body. God, we declare anxiety has to go. In Jesus' name, confusion. Mental illness has to go. In Jesus' name. And I just want you, you're a son, a daughter of God. You just pray over the person next to you. Just go ahead. Come on, take your, you have authority. Just go ahead and declare over their lives. Go ahead, declare over their lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's declare this together. This is our inheritance. Can you sing that out? Can you sing together here? This is my inheritance. Come on, let's declare that. With the blood of Jesus paid for. And this is my inheritance. 
not have false hope because it is based on the faithful God. And he promises he'll never leave you or forsake you. He promises he will come through for you. So we don't have fake hope. We don't have hope that fails us because it is based on the living God that promised you that he'll show up in your time of need. He promised you that and he will not fail you. He will not fail you. He will not fail your kids. He will not fail your grandkids. He will show up. Amen? So we thank you, Lord. And I just heard when I was sitting there, I heard the Lord say, suddenly. Suddenly. And for us, it doesn't always feel like suddenly because you go, I've been fighting this for 10 years. But the Lord, time is different for the Lord. He suddenly shows up and you go, it's been a year of pain. It's been years of this. It's been, I've been struggling. Lord will suddenly. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare give up. The patient and perseverant person will inherit. Amen? I know I'm preaching to the choir, but I just want to encourage you. Do not give up. Do not give up. The promise is yours. Amen? You turn to someone and just say that the promise is mine. Go ahead, declare that right now. And you can find your seat. Go ahead and sit down. Well, it's so good to have everyone here. Does everybody find their way through the sanctuary with the chair arrangement? Y'all confused? What in the world is this? Where's my chair? <laughs> I paid for it. got moved. You're all looking underneath. I put a sticker on it. Anybody do that? Not in this church. We're not doing that, all right? That's <laughs> uh, funny because I've heard those. I've literally heard those conversations from other people like, I paid for that pew and the person was sitting in the pew. So I had to kick him out. Have you ever heard that? No one's heard that? I heard it. I've heard it. It's kind of funny. Like, wow, that's intense. Um, uh, just a quick announcement was uh, Pastor Steve told me to tell you all. He's over at Harvest, Church for the Harvest dedication. They're dedicating their new building. So he's actually speaking over there. So he said he missed you all and he cried a little bit. Told me to give you all a hug after the service because he misses you. All right, so he's over there, and so we're um, we're happy for our family uh, in Alexandria there that they got their new building up and looks really good. I haven't been in there yet, but God bless them in that service. Um, announcements this Wednesday. 
Can you nudge your neighbor there? This Wednesday, Karen from Ukraine will be here. And we have child care 12 and under. Um, I think you've got the idea. Karen is passionate. So, come. But he is passionate. Maybe the passion to take the king by force will get upon you. All of us. Um, but yes, so come this Wednesday. We have child care for 12 and under. And it sounds like the youth will be joining us. Uh, we have two camps. The teen camp is June 5th through the 8th, and kids camp is June 27th through the 29th. And so you can talk to Neil about the youth and Ryan about the kids camp and get your kids signed up. And let's take the offering this morning, if the ushers can help me. You know, we value healthy families. We value the presence of God. We value the preaching of the word and the fellowship here. And so I just want to encourage you. And we also value, we want the kingdom of God expanded. And our focus is Grant County, Douglas, and Ottertail County. That's the counties that God has spoken to us. And we pray that no one in these counties, that generations that come, no one in these counties will be able to even to go to hell. They'll have to move to a different county if they want to go there. I mean, we, that is our sincere faith is on that. And I want you to join us in those things. That not a single person, they, they literally would have to sell their house and move somewhere else to go to hell. That's how serious we are. And, and we believe, and that's not just us. We know there's other believers in other churches, but we link arms with them and believe that every single person will have the chance to know Jesus, right? That real living God, not a religious pretend one, right? Amen. All right. I won't go into that, but all right. So ushers, let's just pray over our offering, God's tithes, our offerings. Lord, we thank you all. We're thankful for our opportunity to give and that we have been blessed in this country, in this, in this uh, area, in our lives, that we can be a blessing to others. So God, we just link arms with you, with the kingdom of God, and we just give. We just bless every family here, every need, any needs that they have in their lives. God, you will meet them. We just declare that over them. Prosperity good health, um, jobs, promotions, God. We declare those over their lives. In Jesus' name, favor of man and God upon their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yeah. So ushers, you guys can serve the people. It is my privilege to announce our, or welcome our speaker today. It's Ryan Carey. And Ryan, you know, Ryan, yeah, let's give it up for Ryan. Ryan is... One of those people that have served God faithfully for many years. He served God in, in this church, in our family. Um, I, he's a brother from another mother. He really is. But I, I really um, honor you, Ryan, for all the work you've put in. You give everything you got, 100%. He does a lot. And so thankful for you. And so thank you for sharing today. And let's give it up for Ryan. Good morning. Awesome. Well, um, there's refreshments in the dining room there. And so, um, you know, they, the worship team and Sam, they preached my message. So let's go eat <laughs> this morning. I believe God is orchestrating this morning in an amazing way for you with you in mind. And so this is going to be an awesome morning.
I'm believing that God will expand your horizons and increase your hope this morning. Um, before I say that, um, I'm going to let you know that there is a meet and greet. If you consider yourself to be new to this church uh, within the last couple years or so, um, we'd love to meet you and get to know you more deeply. <laughs> we just want to get to know you and, and um, share, you can, where you can share your heart, we can share our heart with you. And so there on the table where Neil will be in the lobby there after service, there's a sign-up sheet. So if you um, are wanting to have a deeper, closer connection with this church, this church family, I encourage you, um, talk to Neil and get signed up there. Wednesday night, May 4th, there will be a meet and greet with, so you can meet the staff and um, have a good lunch. In, in a good supper in the evening, dinner, lunch, supper, breakfast. We'll put it all together, right? But um, amen. So it's so good to see all of you. Just got to take a look at everyone here for a second. Um, it's good to see you. <laughs> and um, Sunday morning is like one of my favorite times of the week. Man, it's crazy at home in the morning, but <laughs> with all the kids getting in, everyone else have a crazy house in the morning. Is Jeannie up yet? <laughs> you know, I'm making my shake. <laughs> but um, all those things that you all do to get here Sunday mornings, and we appreciate you, we love you. Um, this morning, my sermon is titled, Never Surrender Your Hope. Never Surrender Your Hope. Um, the word hope is mentioned in the Bible 129 times. 129 times. You know, since we as Christians have this hope. It comes with a promise, just like Sam was saying. We can live in the present with confidence, amen? And we can live and face the future with courage. Hebrews chapter 6 says that we have this hope like a sure and firm anchor of the soul. Our hope is an anchor to our souls. We have this certain hope like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God himself. And turn to Hebrews, in your, if you have your Bibles, in chapter 10, verse 23. Uh, there's this verse I wanted to kind of delve into this morning and, and break it apart and help us to understand it more deeply and get a better understanding of what this hope is. Uh, Pastor Steve has been in a hope series, and it's... Um, had a wonderful response from you, and we're just believing that this is going to continue in your life. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Now, if you're reading the King James Version Bible, that word hope is going to say faith. But um, in expl explaining and in um, telling what this verse means, the word hope is better fitting, and that's actually what the New King James Version replaced the word faith with. So, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And the, word hold, the words hold fast there, the New Testament was written, written in the Greek language. Hold fast means retain, to hold together, to keep, lay hold of. I like this, to take hold forcefully to take hold forcefully. So let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Sometimes the opposite meaning helps us understand what it's saying. The opposite of holding fast is to give up, surrender, to dismiss, 
to put away from oneself, to separate, to turn away, or to turn loose. And so God wants us to be steadfast. He wants us to be immovable. He wants us to be sure, and he wants us to be, um, uh, let's see, to be able to lay hold forcefully of the hope that we've been given. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. You know, there's no such thing as an unspoken blessing. There's no such thing as an unspoken promise. Blessings and promises are spoken. Every time you bless your children, you bless your spouse, you bless the person next to you, it's done with words. And I think it's important for us to understand that it is possible to let go of hope. It is possible to send hope away from you and to reject hope and to refuse to hope. Hope is a choice. Hope is something that we've been given as a gift of God as a result of the promises that we have been given. Hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Some may say, well, what is hope? Some may say, well, what is hope? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Let me tell you. Hope is positive expectation. It's the desire of some good with the expectation of obtaining it. That is hope. Positive expectation. Positive expectation. Something good is going to come out of this situation. Something good is going to transpire as a result of this. Something good is coming my way. All right, let us hold fast. Let us take hold forcefully the confession of our hope without wavering, our positive expectation. Not let go of it. Without wavering, be steady. Without wavering means without giving it away. It means being secure in it. Without wavering means being steadfast, to be firm, sure, and dependable. Without wavering. Without wavering. The opposite of without wavering is untrustworthy. When I read that, something just kind of struck a chord in my heart and, and I thought, thank you, Sam. I thought to myself, what is the basis of relationship? Trust. The foundation and the basis of any relationship that you could be in is trust. If we begin to waver, if we begin to move away from believing and standing and being sure and firm in the promises that we've been given. That makes me want to go back and check my relationship. Because God is steadfast. God is sure. God can be trusted completely without a shadow of a doubt. And so the only place that could waver, because God does not waver, he does not have, has no variation and no shadow of turning. There's nothing, the Bible says um, that God said of himself, I am 
God and I change not. I, God does not change. And so we are in this process of transformation, being renewed. And so at times when affliction comes, trials come, tests come, all these different things in life come our way. If we are not sure in our hope, we begin to be tossed. We begin to waver. We, get, we, can be, we begin to be unsure, unsteady, no longer firm. Our foundation begins to shake. So true hope, biblical hope, is not based on the weather. Thank goodness for this year. 70, it's like 75 degrees last year, 40 degrees today. Man, I'm sure I'm glad that my hope is not based on the weatherman's report. But that's the same thing, the same way that people treat their faith or their hope. It's a weatherman report. What's the forecast today? Well, it's going to be partly cloudy with a chance of meatballs. It's gonna, there's going to be hail. There's going to be storm. It's going to be sunny. It's going to be a bright day, partly cloudy. Whatever, whatever the weather may be, earthly hope is dictated by earthly circumstances. It's dictated by the created. Things in the natural, things that we know, things that we can touch, taste, smell, feel. That is what earthly hope is based on. But biblical hope is sure. Eventually, you're going to have to replace those shingles, shingles on your roof. Eventually, you're going to have to get new tires on your car. I hope they last a long, long time for you. Hope that roof doesn't leak. Which, by the way, I need Sam to come over and fix our roof. But biblical hope is based on something that is certain. Because of the one who said the promise. The one who spoke the promise. So trust is the foundation of relationships. And so without wavering, if I be become untrusting of the promise and I start to waver and I'm tossed around by what I see around me, I have to go back and check in the word of God with my fellow believers, people with the same heart and, and mind in the things of God. And I go back and I see what the Word of God says about my situation, I become, be, become more and more firm, more and more solid, and I no longer regard the doctor, doctor's report as fact or the end. I begin looking to the one who promised because he is faithful. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Because he who promised is faithful. Because. Everybody say because. Everybody say because. Because he who promised is faithful. Why? Because. I don't waver. Why? Because. You got to have that because in your life. Because he who promised is faithful. The word promised here, I really, really like this. It says it, it's something that is spoken or declared it means to proclaim as a public announcement or a decree. To announce a message or a promise. This was really good. It's used more in the sense of announcing a summons. 
is used in the sense of an announcing like a court summons. It's a legal thing. It's legally binding. If someone commits a crime and they are summoned to court, if they do not appear in court, what happens? A warrant is sent for your arrest. And if you don't get your derriere to court, you're going to end up in more trouble than when you first started with the initial offense. So, for he who promised is faithful. When God speaks a promise, when God sends forth a word, a prophecy, or, or something, a promise that he made to you personally in your own life, it is like a court summons that goes forth in the realm of the Spirit, and it goes out and begins to get and send out and begins to command that thing to come to pass into your life. That's what happens when God promises something to you in your life. It is like a court summons. It's issuing a command, and it's offering oneself for a responsibility or a service. How many know that Jesus offered his own self as a promise? In the Old Testament, all the people that believed in God, they were looking forward to the Messiah. They were looking forward to the anointed one that would come and be a ruler, a son of David that would come and be their savior and rescue them from all their trouble. And so they're looking ahead. Jesus was their hope. And still today, Jesus is our hope. The Bible says that God is the God of hope. And so still today, we look to God for our hope. He is faithful. For he who promised is faithful. The word faithful means worthy of belief, worthy of credit or confidence. It means trustworthy, believable, in this sense, it would mean that he's faithful in his duty to you. God is faithful to his promises. He's faithful to his oath. oath. The thing that he promised to you, he is faithful to it. You know, the result of putting your hope in God is to refuse to place any confidence in natural things regarding your body, regarding your finances, regarding your possessions, and anything that exists in this world. Because everything in this world came out of that world. He spoke and it came into existence. Everything that you see here, these chairs, all these things were minerals and things that were put together by man, but initially it came from the mouth of God. So what is more real, the natural or the supernatural? If the supernatural creates the natural, then what is more real? What is more powerful? Obviously, the supernatural supersedes the natural. It is more powerful. And so when we believe in a faithful God, a trustworthy God that says that he will be faithful to us, he'll be faithful to the promise that he said, it means he's worthy, he's steadfast, he's sure, he's true, he's sincere. I'm going to share a personal story here after a little bit, but God says that he is firm, that he does not waver, that he is unmovable. Let's just read it this way in the opposite way just to kind of get a little bit of a reaction in our minds to help us kind of click over into the way I believe God wants to see this verse. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he 
who promised is uncertain. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is unstable. I'm talking about our God here. For he who promised is unfaithful. I told Aaron, I said, am I going to come home tomorrow night? What are you talking about? I said, do you think I'm going to come home tomorrow night? Or am I going to go to another house? You're going to come here. I said, how do you know? She said, because you always do. Faithful. Right? How do you know God's going to do it? Because he always does. He's always done it. And that shows his character, what he will do in the future. For he who promised is little faith. He's just a little faithful. And we got a little, little faithful in here. Little faithful. He who promised is false. He who promised is deceitful. Another word you could say is seducing. He who promised is faithful. Aren't you glad? Doesn't that just take a weight off your shoulders and be like, you know, it's going to be all right. Everyone just take a deep breath right now. I did that for my wife. She's been forgetting to breathe lately. (laughs) So the result of putting your hope in God is refusing to place any final confidence in the natural. All created things are weak and apt to fail. And God, and only God, is a rock that cannot be moved. Uh, A personal story here for you. Uh, Some of you may not know my background. I grew up in this area on a farm just southeast of Erdal. My family came to Destiny Church when I was about eight years old, and we parked basically right where the furniture is in the lobby. That was the front entrance of the building. There was a window there into the what used to be the house on the farm site. And we parked there. We got out of the vehicle. Fast forward, I attended Bible College in Southern California. And I was part of a ministry there for about five years. And in December of 2001, due to some trouble in the uh, leadership of the ministry there, I felt that I should separate myself from it. And, um, you know, in moments like that, you really start to question your, your purpose. As in, if you start to question your direction and, man, did I really hear God or was I where I was supposed to be? And you can even question whether or not you actually heard God. And um, so at that time, I was in full-time ministry, and I also worked as a night auditor for the Atrium Hotel across from the Orange County Airport in Irvine. And um, I decided to move back to Minnesota, but I wasn't certain that that was the place that God wanted me to be. And, um, but I was always taught, you know, if you're ever in trouble, go home. Right? If you're ever in trouble, church, come home. And um, I thought, 
God, I could really use some confirmation right now. <laughs> and um, I had things to get in order before I could come home. I, was, I had to sell a condo, and I was like, well, Lord, is, is this, I hope this is right. And in, in that season, I didn't really trust most church leaders. And if someone knew my circumstances and would have said what they felt God was saying about my situation, I wouldn't have taken it very seriously. Because I was just in a place where I was kind of in survival mode, protecting myself and believing what I needed to, to do and just to get to the next step in, in life. And, um, and so I hadn't been in church in months. I was just focused on getting things in order to move back to Minnesota. And... Um, I worked a night audit on a Friday night, and I found out that this prophetess was coming to my hotel that I was working at to speak, and it was at the International Church of Las Vegas Women's Retreat. Why is that funny? You got to get a hold of God, just get a bunch of women in a room, right? So I thought to myself, this might be safe. And I, so I slipped in on, into the Friday night meeting wearing my um, hotel uniform, and I, I sat in the back row by the exit, and there was about 2,000 women there. It was a really large ballroom, and the meeting continued well after I had to start my shift. And so I left, I clocked in, and I started to work. And with the exception of one maintenance person who mostly spoke Spanish, I was the only staff in the hotel. There was like a, a nightclub in the hotel and, you know, all the guests, everything about maybe not a huge hotel, probably like 200 rooms or so. And so when the morning, when the meeting let out, I got this flood of people calling the front desk for wake-up calls. And um, I don't know if people didn't know how to use their cell phones back then. But um, probably had dumb phones. There wasn't smartphones. But so one of the people who called was this guest speaker's daughter. And I told her, you know, I enjoyed the service. And she said, you were in the meeting? <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> it was wonderful. And she, she told her mom I was there. And, and then all of a sudden her mom says, can you come to the service tomorrow night? I feel the Lord has a word for you. And so my mind was a little bit cynical about the gifts of the Spirit at that time. You know, I didn't know if I should receive something or avoid it. But I said, sure, I can be there. And so Saturday night came. Saturday night came. It was May 4th, 2002. I arrived in my uniform, ready for my shift. Uh, they had praise and worship that did the announcements. The prophetess spoke, and it was getting closer to the time where I was supposed to start my shift. And I thought she forgot. And I was like, you know, there probably wasn't any word anyway. And um, it was like 1040. I had to start work at 11. And then she ended her message and then said, is that young man here? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> What's his name? And I think her daughter must have said, Ryan, is he here? And she had one of those voices that were like, if you don't come, you're in trouble. <laughs> and um, so I get out of my seat, and 2,000 ladies start clapping and cheering. <laughs> they all turned around with big smiles on, your, on their face, and someone said, 
he's back here. And um, so I got out of my seat, went to the platform, and then she starts speaking. And she said, Ryan, the Lord says, son, I know what I'm doing. I don't know what's going on, but the Lord says, this is just temporary. You will earn your living by the work of the ministry that is inside of you. Your heart has been ministry. And the enemy thought that he could come and derail your destiny, but all he did was make you more determined and show you how to not fall in the potholes. The Lord says, Son, you are truly my son, and during this season that you're in, I will teach you from my word. I will heal you, and I will heal you, heal you. I will use you to heal those who believe they are broken beyond repair. Those who are disappointed and discouraged, who have put all their eggs in one basket, and now they're all broken. And they think their dreams are broken, their future is broken, and their desire is broken. The Lord says, Son, everything I promised you, I will do it. I will use you in foreign lands and your feet will skip from nation to nation and country to country. I will totally deliver you from the junk of the past, the reproach of the old. It's broken, son. It's gone off of you. It will not hold on to you. It will no longer have a grip on you. It will no longer lead you and it will no longer lie and say, I'm still here and you'll, have, you'll never get rid of me and you'll have to battle me the rest of your life. The Lord said, son, it's not true for he who the sum sets free is free indeed. And I'll give you things you never dreamed you would have. And you will stand beside the woman of God. <laughs> and together you'll minister in my kingdom. And you'll be the father to your children like the father you've always dreamed of. That's the father you will be. And I will use you, the Lord says, son, I will use you in this season to heal broken and wounded soldiers. You'll find them in restaurants. You run across them in the mall. You'll find them in the grocery store. And you'll find them in church. Lord says, son, you're not being disloyal. You're not being unfaithful. It's me that is going to repot you in another pot. It's time for the change. It's the season for the change. And even if nothing had happened, it would still be time. There's going to be geographical change and there's going to be geographical relocation. The day will come, they'll call you pastor. They'll call you pastor. You'll fulfill it because I knew it before the foundations of the earth. And I still took you in the same path. So the time that, I, that that state that I was in in my life at that season, that word gave me hope. That word gave me hope. And, you know, the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 1, we're talking about hope. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. We just had uh, Prophet David Wagner here. Many of you received words from God in those meetings. And those words are tools. They are weapons in your hand against affliction, against trouble, against things that would try to come against your life. Those words are tools. They give you hope. They give you life. They can sustain you. They can keep you. They can make your faith firm. They can make your hope sure. So I encourage you. I mean, 
many people in this place have received words from God, either from a special speaker or even in your personal life, in prayer with God. Do not let go of those words. Hold on to the word of the Lord. Do not let go of the word of the Lord that was spoken to you. Use it to fight your battles. Use it to fight things that the enemy would try to come and use against you in your life. No matter what comes your way, no matter what comes against you, throw that word into his face. Throw the word of God in the face of the enemy and say, no, this is what he who promised, who is faithful, has said to me. It is he who promised. It wasn't me. It was God who said it. You can take scripture, you can take the word of God and use it as tools. When you're feeling feeling afflicted, when you're feeling down, when you're discouraged, when you've lost all hope, take those words in your hand and use them. The word of God is called a sword. A sword is an offensive weapon. You have a shield which is defensive, but your sword is an offensive weapon that you use God has given us tools. He has given us weapons to defend your hope. You don't have to lose hope. Psalm chapter 119, verses 49 and 50. Did that help anyone? Help understand to know, what do I do with this word now? You know, some of you may have notebooks that have many, many words in them. Take them out, dust them off, and begin declaring them. Begin declaring there's no such thing as an unspoken promise. Whatever he said, pick those words up and get them in the atmosphere of your home. Get them in the atmosphere of your car. Play those words. Use those. Find them if they're on YouTube. The words that you receive from David Wagner's meetings, most of them, with the exception of a few, I think, are all on YouTube. Find them and use them. The words that are spoken over your children, you can prophesy over your own kids. Use the word of God and, and pray over them. And so, remember your word to your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. This is my comfort in my affliction for your words have given me life. Another way of saying that, your words have quickened me, caused me to hope. Now this caused me to hope is used at the same time in Noah's life when he sent out the dove and it didn't return. There is a waiting in hope, and that's okay. The dove didn't return. Did the stinking bird drown? (laughs) All the things that Noah, after 40 days and nights of rain and weather like we have, not quite. Of all that time that he had to wait, that the wait for all the waters to disappear or secede or whatever until... The ark sat on Mount Ararat. Noah waited in hope. Waited in hope because he knew that God said, what God had said about his life and his family's life. Wait with hope. Affliction. Some of you might be feeling these things. Misery. Oppression. Extreme discomfort, physically, mentally, or spiritually. To be given life, it's to keep alive. It's the verb that's used numerous times in Scripture. It's used in the sense of flourishing. 
your words, the prophecies, what God has spoken. I mean, could God have set this message up any better with the music? In Lauren's message, in Lauren's message, the worship team's message that they preached to you this morning, there was prophecy in there. Using prophecy, one of those words said, it said for you to prophesy. You to prophesy. The Bible talks about coveting prophesy, earnestly desire to prophesy. Desire prophecy, church. Desire it. Desire. If you don't want it, it won't come. What you desire will come to you. So I encourage you, it doesn't take having a guest speaker or someone with uh, an office of a prophet or a prophetess to come to you to give you a word. You can speak and prophesy your own destiny in your own life. It is inside of you. The same spirit that lives in David Wagner lives in Jesse Bomia. The same spirit that lives in Sam Secret lives in Ryan Carey. That same spirit, you had the spirit of prophecy living on the inside of you. And you can begin speaking to that affliction. Begin speaking to that turmoil. Begin speaking to that family situation. Begin speaking to that child. Begin speaking the word of God and watch it come to pass. In that word, I copied it off, but... um, I had typed that word out and I placed it in a Bible that I had always used at that time. So I always read it. And I have watched things be fulfilled in that prophecy. At that time, I was not married. After we got married, we had um, some trouble having kids. You couldn't tell now, but um, (laughs) there was trouble. That's a whole other story. But when in that word, it says you'll be the... you'll, You'll be... The one before. You'll, um, you'll stand beside the woman of God. I wasn't married. I got married like 15 years later. There was no woman that... Well, there's a lot of women there. <laughs> and we, I, of course, I had no children. So when I got the doctor's report... Regarding my life and my body, I went back to this. God said, I will be the father to my children. Like the father I always dreamed of, that's the father I will be. You begin picking those words up and you use them. And you say, this is what will be. You hear the doctor's report, but you don't internalize it. Amen. And so I encourage you. The words that you have been given. And I don't want you to feel left out if you didn't feel like you've gotten a word in your life. You may never received one. But if you've never received a word, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 that if anyone speaks in an unknown tongue, he should pray for the gift of knowing what he says. Interpret back to yourself. There's a man named Kenneth Hagin. He would pray in the Spirit, and then he would also interpret back to himself what he would pray. And so there are things available. There are tools that God has given us as a church to be able to fuel our hope to fuel our destiny. Let's put that Hebrews 10.23 up again, please. Can we read this together? Uh, Worship team can come when you're ready. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Let's do that again. Let us hold fast the hope of our... Can we start over? All right. Ready? Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful.
Everybody close your eyes for a moment. I want you just to repeat that he who promised is faithful. Just begin saying that to yourself. He who promised is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. He is sure. There is positive expectation. Positive expectation. I have hope because of the one who promised. Because he is faithful. He is faithful. He will do it. He will do it. It was him who said it. It's his responsibility to fulfill it. But I take those words and I begin using them as weapons and I speak and I, I say them and I declare them and I encourage myself with them. I encourage myself with them. Paul told Timothy, I'm entrusting you with this responsibility in keeping with the very first prophecies that were spoken over your life and are now in the process of fulfillment. It's a process, church. Hope is a process. Don't lose hope. With this encouragement, use your prophecies as weapons as you wage spiritual warfare by faith and with a clean conscience. Use your prophecies. Don't let go of them. There are words that have been spoken over this church and over this body of believers. God wants us to use them. Use them. Paul told Timothy that there are weapons as you wage spiritual warfare, not against the devil, to get your mind to line up with God's word. Get my soul to line up with the prophecy. Sometimes we feed ourselves a little bit too much TV, little too much of the created earthly things. And we start to lose hope. And I think to myself, you know, I got to feed my hope. I got to feed this faith that has been given me. I've been entrusted with this prophecy and I need to use it to see my destiny fulfilled. Things are coming against my life. Things are coming against my hope. Things are coming against my faith. God, remind me of my tools. Remind me of the things that you have given me. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all stand. Stand up. God, I thank you that this church is bursting with hope. This church is full of hope. I thank you for the people that are represented, the families that are represented in this room. God, I just declare hope and life. I declare positive expectation. I declare a positive outlook. I declare the word of the Lord, the word of God. The word of God is dwelling in us richly. We are rich and overflowing with the goodness of God, with the word of God. We're overflowing because he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. He said it and he'll do it. He said it and he'll do it. Come on, let's worship him this morning.
the prayer team come forward if, if you're facing a situation this morning that you need a word from God in I encourage you to come forward and receive prayer maybe God will speak to you with a personal word or possibly through a scripture that may come up in the heart of our prayer, one of our prayer team members. But I encourage you, if you need a word from God for a family member or something that's going on in your physical body, your finances, or maybe there's something in your soul and your mind that is bothering you, don't go this morning without receiving prayer. We want to pray with you. So um, you can make your way forward. And Neil will be at the table in the lobby for the sign up for the meet and greet you've been here within the past couple years or so and you just want to have a greater connection with our church family encourage you to sign up for that and then there's refreshments out in the 
dining area. Enjoy the coffee bar and have an amazing week. And remember, he who promised is faithful.